In one of the better bits of poll, uh, trolling in this 2020 election, the Trump campaign bought the YouTube homepage for 24 hours. They could do that? They bought, the, it, it's all their ads. It was, I don't know if it's still up or not. It was all their ads. It was all in black. It was, <laughs> I said, that's fun. That's absolutely worthwhile. A text vote to 88022 and everything was, you know. Is it Biden-Harris now? That's that's right. No, equal spending, pretty sorry. Not necessarily equal time. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. So as I walk you guys through the polling, as I see it, as we walk through it together, I should say, I'm asking the question, what do you believe? The poll numbers or your lying eyes? So I want to see what other people believe. Jim Garrity joins us of National Review, G-E-R-A-G-H-T-Y, Jim Garrity. On uh, the Twitter box, his latest is which states to watch. But he had also done some reporting regarding this idea of possibly the silent Trump voter, the, the, the shy Trump voter, the secret Trump voter, and the idea that Trafalgar Group thinks there's 4% out there. That's one of the polling outfits that got it right in 2016. 4% that could be going for Donald Trump. So here we are, just days away. I'm really wanting to see where the polls are on Friday to see if there's anything in the tight that we'll see, whether there's a tightening or things like that. Um, but where are we in America, Jim? Are people believing the polls or are people believing their lying eyes and things like a 4% swing that will take place because the secret Trump voters are a real thing? Um, Tony, always good to talk to you. And one of the things that just came across my desk right before we got on the phone, uh, ABC News, Washington Post has a poll out this morning that has Joe Biden ahead of Donald Trump in the fairly key state of Wisconsin by 17 points. Sure. Um, and that's that's the sort of poll result that makes you go wowzer. Uh, now, what's interesting, um, <laughs> we're now getting comments from folks like uh, Guy Cecil. Um, who's chairman of Priorities USA, a very pro-Biden super PAC, who said, we do not think we are winning Wisconsin by 17. Uh, so even the Biden campaign is pouring some cold water on the, you know, the very best poll numbers they're getting. This is probably, you know, you don't want anybody on your side getting complacent. You don't want anybody saying, eh, I'm going to stay home. These guys have it wrapped up. They don't need my vote. Um, and some of that's just common sense. But I also think when you look at that and most of the other polling has had Biden ahead in a state like Wisconsin, you know, a comfortable margin, six points, seven points, maybe getting up to eight and nine and some. But uh, when you see a poll like that, you're like, OK, clearly some Trump voters are just don't want to answer the phone, <laughs> don't want to answer the phone. Pollsters try to adjust their samples to make sure that they are representing a reasonably accurate sense of what the total electorate is going to look like. They generally, you know, sort it out by race. They generally sort it out by age. They sort it out by gender. And there's an interesting question amongst pollsters of how much self-identified party ID changes, uh, you know, from cycle to cycle. Um, one of the things you've seen, you know, Trump always consistently gets high approval ratings amongst self-identified Republicans. Now, this may be because you think he's doing a terrific job, but it also means that the kinds of Republicans who are not enamored with Donald Trump, who were, you know, the Jeb Bush fans, um, the one guy who supported Jim Gilmore, you know, all those guys from 2016, 
um, basically don't think of themselves as Republicans anymore. They either formally change their registration as independents, or maybe they live in states where they don't register by party, or they just don't think of themselves as Republicans anymore. So they end up in the independent pile. And so the idea of people who are uh, they're no longer in that category of Republicans and stuff. So is I look that at all the polls and I see a, a situation for the Trump campaign that is grim, but not hopeless. They have a route to 270 electoral votes. They just don't have a lot of you know margin for error. Now, for everybody who's cheering for Trump, you can point out that's kind of how I felt about things last year or uh, four years ago. And we all remember how that turned out. Well, so so two things. First, uh, we were talking about this four years ago, exact same subject. I would say you were much more negative to the idea of Trump winning <laughs> because now you're at least discussing the idea of, well, there are paths. Um, but I think the I think the bigger question for for all of us looking at it uh, is whether or not this conversation about some people who are being polled uh, dr- dropping out because they've made changes and maybe the pollster not being able to find them. Uh, it, it's it's to the idea of is the pollster asking the right question to begin with? So the mm-hmm. argument comes that the pollsters are in bed, uh, you know, they're in it for Biden and and they just want to get him to win and so they skew the results. I would argue that media can play a part in trying to skew a result. But if you do talk to pollsters, they're kind of serious about what they're doing in the main. And mm-hmm. they want to get it right. So the question, Jim Garrity, is why do so many of us think they're getting it wrong? Well, there are some pollsters out there who, you know, generally, uh, sometimes they're very open about their partisan affiliation. Sometimes they're not. I think probably the first pollster that comes to mind that is a troublemaker in this category is public policy polling. Uh, they're based down in North Carolina. And even Nate Silver has observed that they t- whatever it looks like, oh, things are looking bad for a, a Democratic Senate candidate, public policy polling will rush in <laughs> to get a surprisingly optimistic uh, set of results for the Democratic candidate. Now, the other thing is you know, public policy polling also does polling for uh, Democratic campaigns. And so when you hear, oh, the internal numbers say this or say that, well, generally it means the campaign has hired somebody to conduct polls to see how they're doing in their state or house district or wherever. And my, you know, I don't want to say that every partisan pollster uh, should not be trusted. Uh, I think Trafalgar has uh, Republican consult uh, uh, clients. You know, the idea that you're hiring, you're, you're working for a campaign uh, doesn't mean your numbers are automatically wrong. But it probably does mean that you should, uh, you know, take as many grains of salt as you deem necessary. And when you see a result that seems really weird or is really out of line with everything else you've seen. It means one of two things. Either there has been a sudden shift, and this is the first pollster to detect it, or it's an outlier. And, you know, this is just a wacky sample. And, you know, and Biden plus 17. Don't like and, to put out wacky samples. And, and so Biden plus 17 in Wisconsin. That, you know, like ABC News, Washington Post probably should have looked at Biden up 17 and said, hmm, do we want to put this out? Or do we, are we going to look kind of stupid if, you know, it comes out and let's say Biden wins by five? Uh, they decided to look stupid. Talking to Jim Garrity of National Review. So let's get into your conversation uh, about um, Trafalgar. And then uh, over at National Review, it was Kyle Smith talking about what Trafalgar sees and what Susquehanna polling and research see. Talking about a submerged Trump vote. Uh, and he said, this is, this is uh, Jim Lee of Susquehanna. I can't call it. If the turnout is going to be what I think... Trump wins it. So that seems almost desirous 
in 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 a way. But when we talk mm-hmm. about Trafalgar, which does lean right, and we certainly see that uh, many times, they also got it right in 2016. So as you talk to them about this idea of the secret Trump voter, shy Trump voter, they told you 4%, that 4% of the electorate is, is this shy Trump voter that will come out in favor of Trump. And that, as you described, could swing a lot of states. Is that yeah. a wishful thinking conversation as as you had it? It, it could be wishful thinking, but you talk to Republican consultants who have worked on a lot of campaigns going back well before the Trump era, the Bush years, even back in the 90s, that generally they felt like if the, if the final polls showed a race within three points, they felt like they could win an election day. Now, you could chalk that up to uh, the pollsters, you know, missing a certain group, the idea that there were back in, over in the, UK, in the United Kingdom, they used to call them shy Tory voters, people who were voting for the party of the right felt like it was not uh, socially approved of or it was somehow they were, you know, they were admitting something bad and thus didn't want to tell a pollster that. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's generally for a couple of years, for actually, actually going back a couple of decades, Republicans felt like if it was within three, maybe four, they had a chance of winning. I don't I don't feel comfortable putting it beyond four five, six. I mean, it has it happened. Sure. Uh, almost nobody had uh, Ron DeSantis winning in um, in the Florida, Florida governor's race two years ago. Almost nobody had Rick Scott. I guess there are a couple that had Rick Scott, but generally uh, Senator Nelson was favored in that race. And both of those guys and they ended up winning by like a couple tenths of a percentage point. It was by no means like, a, oh, you know, this was a big Rick Scott win or a big Ron DeSantis win. So look, pollsters miss. And I think, you know, they tend to miss more when it's a close race. And I think most people would say, Florida looks like it's going to be a close race. It's probably going to come down to within a one percentage point or, or another. Now, keeping in mind, in Florida, one percentage point could be more than 100,000 votes. Um, North Carolina, very similar. I think there are, you know, the Republicans who are thinking Trump can win this. If he does, he's probably not going to win it by more than 100,000 votes. Uh, last time around, he lost by three, or he won by 3%. And I think it was like in the neighborhood of like 140,000 votes. That's off the top of my head. Um, so a lot of these, if, you know, if it comes down to those 51, 49, or uh, you throw in some third party candidates and it ends up being, you know, 49 to 48 or 49 to 47, you know, all the pollster can tell you is it's going to be close. And then, you know, it comes down to who's got a great, uh, you know, does some campaign have a really good get out the vote operation on the ground? Um, it, you know, uh, does, does it rain? <laughs> you know, the old thinking that, uh, you know, uh, rainy weather is Republican weather because Democrats will be less motivated to go out and vote. By the way, I don't know if that's necessarily an accurate assessment, but it's just kind of been this truism in, in politics. Uh, the old joke, you see Republican consultants going out and doing rain dances the day before the election. Well, I've never seen that, and I'm pretty sure that would be considered bigoted in today's world. Talking to Jim Garrity of National Review, here's your latest, where you talk about the states to watch. Now, I agree that these are four states to watch, but I don't think these are the key states as you do. You have them as Arizona, Florida, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania. Now, if you speak to our mutual friend, John Gabriel over at Ricochet and writes over at the Arizona Republic. He believes Arizona will go in the Trump column, but Mark Kelly uh, in the, will win in the Senate race. I'm a believer that Florida's already in the Trump column. North Carolina is a question, but I think high noon is Pennsylvania. And there are people who believe, like, for example, at Trafalgar, uh, Trump needs Pennsylvania or Michigan or both. So there's this mathematics that comes into play that Trump needs to win 
almost as many states as he won last time, and he needs to win the same exact ones he won last time, which is to say if he loses Pennsylvania and Michigan, he can't win the election. But if he just wins Pennsylvania, this is done and finished and complete. Is that right or is that wrong? That that is pretty much correct there, Tony. Uh, You could probably imagine a scenario where something – goes really weird. Uh, but you know, right now, I would say if Trump wins Arizona, North Carolina, Florida, and Pennsylvania, then he's going to win the second term. Uh, it, you really have to stretch and imagine different scenarios where some traditionally red state ends up going blue. Um, now, it's worth noting, I spoke to some Republican consultants who were warning me, Texas is not going to be called as soon as the polls close this year. Uh, they think Joe Biden is on path for a Beto O'Rourke style finish, which is not a win. But, you know, you come within three points or something, something very respectable in a state where Democrats have not done particularly well. And uh, they also have, you know, they, they think that Biden's going to, you know, they're, they're going to there be down ticket effects. that would be bad for Republicans in Texas. Um, you know, they're nervous about Iowa. Uh, it's only six electoral votes, but you'd rather have them in your pile than not have them in your pile. Um, they're feeling more confident about Ohio these days. But that's another one where if Trump loses. He's, you know, making up those 20 electoral votes is tough to tough to scramble there. Um, there's a great deal of skepticism about the congressional district in Omaha, Nebraska. So instead of getting all five of Nebraska's electoral votes, this is one of those states that splits them up by congressional district. It's probably going to split four, four electoral votes to Trump, one for Biden. Um, I've heard really conflicting things about northern Maine. Uh, Maine is the other state that divides up their electoral states by congressional district. The first district, which is in the kind of the southern coastal city part, Heavily Democratic, Biden's going to win that. He's going to win the state overall. The question is, can, like in 2016, Trump win the district that is the rest northern part of the state, a little more rural, a little more blue collar? And, you know, some pollsters have Trump ahead by a bit. Uh, some have Biden ahead by a bit. Uh, you know, that'll be a jump ball. But, you know, so there's like there's like two electoral votes from Trump that you from last time you can't count on. And once you start getting into those ones where it's, you know, you're, you're closer and closer to 270, um, you know, I, I don't think we'll get that 269 to 269 tie, but it's not a crazy. You, you can put together maps that seem plausible that end in that dreaded 269 to 269 tie. Oh, by the way, Tony, I should point out that almost all these states, particularly Florida and and uh, Pennsylvania, are probably going to have all kinds of lawsuits about. Oh, please. Counted and all that kind of stuff. I yeah. got hired to be a lawyer. I'm not even a lawyer, but they're like, you, you're on the team. <laughs> They're shooting them in. I, got, like I gotta tell you, when people started, when people All started complaining, their briefcases story after. When people started complaining that you know Biden had already put together lawyers, uh, there are things you can complain about regarding Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. Of course, he's got lawyers. Trump has lawyers. The lawyers have lawyers. Everybody's ready for this. Everybody is ready for the legal challenge, especially in states like Pennsylvania, where they're able to count after Election Day. I'm thrilled the Supreme Court said to Wisconsin, by Election Day or you're done. But before I let you go, because I only have 60 seconds, uh, Jim Garrity, call the election. Who's winning this thing? Uh, Right now, I think I, I can get Trump to about 258 electoral votes fairly easily. And then getting him over that 270 is tough. I think uh, our old friend John Gabriel, I'm going to go the other way. I think Biden wins Arizona. Um, I don't, I'm not rooting for that, but I think that's a possibility. And I think that might come down to it. So I think Biden wins, but the Electoral College is much closer than Democrats are thinking these days. 
Jim Garrity of National not, not what Review. Not what your listeners probably wanted to hear. <laughs> well, no, it's not even. It's not, you don't get to hear what you want. You know what you want to hear. You get to hear what you what people think. That's that's all there is. Uh, we will mm-hmm. find out if you're right or if you're wrong. And if we've got breaking news, we will get back with you. Jim Garrity, G E R A G H T Y. Find him on Twitter. Find him at National Review online. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.